Good morning all, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Today's guest on If You're Happy Do You Know It is Steve Dunn. He's a wonderful human being, quite frankly, he's great. We had a really great chat, we talked about all things happiness. Um, Steve is a musician, he's also a new father and he's got some really great insights into what makes him happy, what he thinks happiness is and how he stays buoyant as a person. Please do enjoy and please, as ever, do subscribe, review, rate, listen. It really does mean the world to get a lovely review from people. Just makes us feel good, makes us happy, makes us continue what we're trying to do. Thanks very much for listening. So, good evening, Steve. Good evening, Al. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I know how you are because I spent the whole day with you. Yeah, it's a good point. So I know that you're pretty sick and tired of this. Of, mm. of this arrangement. Um, you're having a, a... Did you go for caffeine in the end? No, not decaf. Decaf coffee? Yep. So does caffeine cause you problems? No. Um, I In October, right. I thought I'd do sober October. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just because I was like, well, as I'm giving that up, why don't I give up caffeine? And it wasn't because I was like, oh, caffeine's a problem. I just did it. <laughs> I was just like, I, I think did, I've got like a whole history of doing this. Right. Um, I think I'm. I think I just enjoy giving stuff up because it's just like something's happening in your life. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're like, no. oh, it's exciting. I, <laughs> I, I once, I lived with a guy, a good friend of mine called Ben, and we... This is like about 10 years ago now. We, um, it was like the day before Lent starts. Right, yeah, yeah. And we were like, should we give something up? And we were like, yeah, yeah what do you think? Well, like beer, like what, what, what? And then I was like, why don't we draw up a list of everything that you think it would be healthy to do? So like, uh, no alcohol. Yeah. And we, we wrote, you're only allowed to drink water. Right. Um, and it was like, you're only allowed three meals a day, but you have to have three meals a day. Has okay. to include five fruit and veg. Um, you're only allowed meat twice a week, uh, and it was just this exhaustive list. It was like a full page of stuff, and it was like yeah. you're not allowed to say a critical thing about another human being. You're you have to have at least seven hours sleep a night. It went on and on, and we both did it for the whole of Lent, and it wow. was mental. And it, it was a really it was like really hard, but and you had to run a mile every day. It was like mental. <laughs> um, when was uh, this? It was about 10 years ago. Oh, right, yeah, you said. So, and, um, 2022? I was, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was great. We both loved it. And wow. we, but this is, I, I just think, like, it's fun to do things. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. So, like, doing that, and then on Easter Monday, when it when Lent finishes, we but we had what we called Indulgence Day. <laughs> and okay. we, and I, I puked. Like instantly, because we both we were, for breakfast we had a bucket of KFC. Great, <laughs> and yeah, it was yeah. just like, and I think we'd both lost a lot of weight in that time. Wow. Um, so, yeah. but you you still you're still doing that. So you're now. I still just like giving stuff up. So I'll do stuff like 
I'll just for two weeks, I'll be like, oh, I'll be vegan for two weeks. And it's not really because I've got a massive conviction that I want to be vegan. I'm just like, I think I'll try that, see what it's like. Yeah. Right. Um, so I gave up in in October, I gave up alcohol. Cause sometimes I, with alcohol, it's more of like, I think it's good to give it up sometimes because I, yeah. I do like a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that and I just thought, I'll see what caffeine's like, see what happens. And did it. Got crazy withdrawals for about three days. Mm. Like way worse than I thought. Yeah, and, well, this um, is, I've had that. Yeah, it's bad, it isn't is it? It's not good. Uh, 2006, I remember it well. I was on holiday with my family. Yeah. Um, yeah, and for some reason, in the same way that you did it, like I had no reason to, <laughs> but for some reason on that holiday, I went, I'm giving up caffeine. Yeah. Because I've had like headaches and, and stuff. Not chronically, but kind of I get patches where I have migraines for like three days in a row. Yeah. And then not for months and months. Yeah. Um, and I was having that a lot then. And I went just arbitrarily without any sort of medical knowledge, <laughs> just yeah. went, probably caffeine, in it. Give that up, bang. Yeah. Didn't have any caffeine. And then on the third evening, we were out for dinner and suddenly I was like blind. Yeah. Shaking. Yeah, it's horrible. Dripping with sweat. And like, my whole family were like, "What is wrong with you?" And I was like, "Oh no!" Just sat at the meal, like trying desperately not to vomit. Mm. And then when my mum was like, "Have you had a coffee or anything today?" Because she knew I've been drinking coffee since I was three, right? Right. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, I used to get it in my. I used to have like it was very weak, but my I had a childminder when my mum and dad were yeah. at work, and I had a the little sippy cup, and I didn't like kid drinks. You liked coffee when you were I three. loved coffee. So I'd have like, I think I probably would have had a half <laughs> teaspoon of Nescafe, some milk and a sweetener. That was my coffee. And I had it in a sippy cup and it was just the best thing ever. I never had a coffee until I was 21. I'd never wow. tasted it. Well, yeah, actually, to be fair, that's probably the more that like, you hear and, that. More and I than... thought that was weird until I heard your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one's more weird? Um, well, yeah, it, it, a slight segue is that I remember going to America when I was fairly young, probably like 10 maybe, and asking for a coffee in a restaurant and the waiter was like, what? <laughs> and they said to my mum, like, is that okay? And she was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, oh, what, the British just give children coffee? <laughs> and what she should have said was, yeah, what, you just give children guns? <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> she wasn't as sharp. She was just like, yeah, so that's okay. Yeah, so, so sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, to me, it was never weird to have coffee or caffeine. I mean, I've just been sure, having why it not, forever. Um, but yeah, 2006, gave it up, suddenly really, really sick and ill. And then my mum pointed out that I hadn't had any. And I was like, yeah, I sort of gave it up three days ago. Why? What a, arbitrarily just <laughs> gave it up. She went, right, I think, we, uh, I think we might need to have some caffeine. So I ordered two Cokes and an espresso, chugged that. 20 minutes later... Back on top. Right. And from that day forward, I vowed I would never stop having caffeine again. <laughs> well, that's a... <laughs> it, I think once you've felt the feeling of it... Yeah. You might as well plough through to the other side. It's really short. Uh, but I wouldn't want to live life without it. No, fair enough. But what I found was... So what I found was in October, I was just like, I'm just doing it for fun. I don't really care. Mm. Um, I love coffee. So yeah. I just bought decaf. I bought like a a bunch of decaf from my, I've got like a thing yeah. in the pot. And uh, I did that and I was like, oh, it tastes exactly the same. And then um, 
what I found after the withdrawals did disappear. Right. I was then like, I suddenly realized about halfway through the month, I was like, oh, I never, ever get that midday crash feeling. Really? And uh, I was like, oh, shit. That is that because I know that coffee gives you. Mm. It's that weird thing where coffee is supposed to wake you up. But, yeah. But I don't get any benefit from it anymore. Like, I'm, oh, you know no. what I mean? I'm so long, like, you know, it just doesn't have an impact, but it does have a negative impact. Which I didn't notice until I stopped it, which is that I just thought that that was what it was like to be a human being. Right. Where like in the afternoon, you're like, fucking I'll love a nap right now. Whereas I stopped doing it and I never felt that. I just felt really alert. And and then I, so on the 1st of November, went for a coffee um, and and then went for a workout after it. And I felt like I'd done a line of coke. Right. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I feel okay. so like alert and up for like working out, and it only lasted like half an hour, but it was yeah, yeah. it was like really. I just felt good, positive, and it was like it felt like a good clean high. Right, and and then the next just day, like Coke, really. yeah, exactly, <laughs> like Coke, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, I had one, and it had no effect. And really? and so I was like, oh shit! And then so then for November, December, I was back on normal coffee amounts, and I started having that same crashing in the middle of the day and all that, and then needing another coffee mm. when you have that crash, and then then you're like, what's going on? It kind of yeah. makes you feel worse. And so I just went, um, oh, I'll just try, I'll do my New Year's resolution will be one cup of coffee a month so that I don't have the crash in the day and also I do get that line of Coke feeling once a month. Yeah, right. And um, Did uh, you ever consider doing a line of Coke once mm, a month? Very dodgy territory to be getting into. Yeah. I mean, yes, I consider that. <laughs> I consider doing a line of Coke way more than once a month. <laughs> uh, do you like illegal drugs? Are you a fan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do them very much. No, no. But I mean, hardly ever. Really, you're into it. Yeah, I, I just think they're fun. they're fun. We uh, Matt, who's here, um, we had a conversation earlier about like because he loves uppers, right? And uh, I've never ever touched an illegal substance in my oh, really? life. Um, but I have plenty of prescription downers. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I like uppers. Yeah, I would feel like I'm more of like. I said to Stu once, Jesus Christ, if I ever accidentally got into smack, that'd be me gone. Yeah. I love it. I would love it. I mean, I'm sure we all would. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that I recommend it, I'm sure. But, like, yeah, I feel like that would be my... If if there was a choice, I'd I'd want to get down rather than get up. Why? I feel like when I'm... Just normally, I'm quite on edge... Okay, see this so is the I thing. So I wouldn't increase that. I wouldn't want to increase it. Yes, I think this is people's approach. There's two very different approaches to drugs. My wife's a physiotherapist, and she had to do this mental health training because she works in oncology. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mental health, mm. you know, issues when people are facing cancer and things. And um, she said a really interesting thing about how anxiety and depression are kind of the flip side of each other, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and how. So this is like just her having done like a weekend course. So she's not like a psychologist, but mm. this is what she was explaining to me. Um, was about how de- people who have a propensity towards depression have a propensity towards thinking about the past. Mm-hmm. And people who have anxiety are more likely to think about the future. And yeah. it's interesting because we were talking, when she was talking about that, we were then saying, oh, okay, that's interesting because she can be more anxious than me. I don't think either of us have any kind of 
Um, I'm, to- I'm talking like just sometimes, you know. I'm not, yeah, we, yeah. We haven't, we haven't like um, seeks treatment or anything like that. But um, she can be a more anxious person than me. Yeah. And I'm pro. I can probably be a more depressive person than her. And I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. That I don't really worry about the future in the way that she does, and she doesn't reflect on the past quite as much as I do. Right. Yeah. And um, so I could kind of see that, like, even within the bounds of I don't find that I do either of those things massively unhealthily, but clearly we're all on a spectrum with those things do you know what I mean yeah yeah and so maybe yeah. I'm more attracted to uppers because I'm more able to get myself down naturally does that make sense yes it does although I would say me and my wife are probably are on the same spec, and we are like in treatment as it was yes yeah. <laughs> okay but uh, I, I think you know and, and there's a bit of both all the time but like Definitely Danny thinks an awful lot about, like, everything about the future worries her. Right. But she has no memory of most of the past. Wow. <laughs> she has a terrible memory, so the past doesn't concern her in any way, really. Yeah. Um, but she's always worried about the future. Like, I put on a bit of question time the other day. And she was like, I can't handle this. She's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right now everyone's a bit worried about yeah, the future, yeah. to be fair. But you're right, yeah. but that makes it worse, doesn't it, when it's like something like Brexit where... I don't yeah. care what you voted, everyone's worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there seem to be an awful lot of Leave voters who aren't worried. <laughs> except they should they, be. Yeah, they might. Because, because like, at the end of the day, there's quite a lot of, of Leave voters who are, who are worried that they're not going to get what it was that they thought they wanted. Yes. Yeah. You know, we could, we could get into politics, let's not. But, like, yeah, we could yeah. get into whether or not that was realistic. But it doesn't matter. The reality is they thought they were voting for something and it looks like they're not getting it. Yeah. And we voted for something that we didn't win, so we definitely won't get it. And so, you know, yeah. uh, sorry, I say we, I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like everyone's a bit anxious, I suppose. Yeah. But even Although, that, see, this is the thing. Like, yeah, I find it like, I am anxious about it in a cognitive sense. Yeah. But it's not giving me palpitations every day. And it's not because I don't take it seriously. It's just because... I'm not like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's weird. Do you think you're someone that worries? I mean, I do, but it's not a problem. No. I think I worry in the in the way that, like, if, if you know, like, if you were running out in front of a car and you'd be worried that you're not going to make it across the road in time. Right. That's yeah, a healthy yeah. worry, right? Just, yeah, in the, in the minute. Yeah, I worry about specific things that feel yeah. to me like I can justify why That's I was almost worried. on an instinctual level rather than a cognitive level though mm. like that's instinct i mean a cat would worry about that yeah 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 but they would you they wouldn't necessarily well they wouldn't call it anything but we wouldn't say that cat's worried about the car yeah we just say that cat is instinctively running faster because mm. they're aware of the moving yeah, yeah. vehicle um yeah because i've always uh to me like worry is something i feel like i'm practically unable to experience oh well having said that i'm very stressy and anxious about certain things but yeah. worrying about the possibility doesn't seem to ever happen so what what do you feel stress and anxiety about um failure and what just like abstract ideas yeah and ridiculous things like the phone ringing but only in that moment so like if the phone rings i become increasingly yeah stressed physically stressed and anxious about the ringing phone but i am not sitting here worrying that the phone might ring so i think that's where there's a difference to me i always feel like oh i can definitely be stressed and stressed and anxious about a thing 
but I'm not worried that it might happen or might not happen yeah. in a way. So, Whereas de- definitely Danny would say that like, because I say to her, oh, don't worry about that. And she goes, I'm worrying about everything. And like she mm. will make notes of stuff to worry about and then go through mm-hmm. and start worrying about them all. Yeah. Um, and when she's uh, in her worst state of that, it'll be like, well, I just feel really worried. What are you worried about? She's like, everyone we know and love dying. I'm like, whoa, yeah. I mean, if <laughs> that's hard. That's hard to... Yeah. If that's on your mind all the time, that's a really hard... It is tough. Yeah, and I kind of don't... Like, like, I can project the feeling of that would be awful, but I'm not worried about it in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's really hard to... I Because I think that... I think, like, with... Um, it's interesting... Like, with the idea of happiness, it's interesting because I've been listening to this podcast. Thank you. Uh, and um, I really enjoy it. What I find interesting is that there's clearly... Hap- the word of ha- the word happy clearly re- is about a few different things. Yeah. And that's why it's quite hard to... Oh, yeah. ...to pin down what it means. And, like, what for me... Because when I was texting you, like, and we were, and you said, come on the podcast, and I said to you, but I'm I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we'll deal with that. <laughs> we'll see. What's interesting is, I think actually listening to it, I've felt like that's only by a specific definition. Yes, I think so. And it's it's all and so like, may, I mean, may, I don't know. Maybe happening. It's uh, sorry. I'm just I'm thinking out loud. It probably won't come out correct. Um, this whole show is about thinking out loud. Okay, cool. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, side note often the way I think out loud is... So, like, I love science fiction. Right. <laughs> and the reason I love it is because you can take abstract things and make them mechanical Yeah. in, a, in order to try and understand how they function. Okay. And that's how I, I work. And, mm-hmm. and so I find that often I explain things like in... I, try, I end up explaining them kind of mechanical ways. It probably sounds really weird, so I apologise. <laughs> no, no, go for but it. But kind of, it's almost like... What was it? Where was I? Happiness is like, what does it? What does it mean? It's kind, it's almost like three different things, isn't it? Like, mm. there's probably more. This is just so. There's like the short term, mm-hmm. like a, a specific, like like literally serotonin going into your brain. Yeah, and then there's like the long term, like of like where you are in your life and your like real long term goals and long term happenings that are going on in your life. And then there's like there's like your brain how it processes things separate to what's happening. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So that like me and you can experience the exact same happening. Yes. And feel differently about it. Very much. So. And that that almost to me that's the thing that I'm good at. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The what's well, so, it? I by good at I'm not showing off. That might just be like a chemical makeup of my brain. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I've mastered some skill. I'm just saying I happen to f- feel really calm in mm-hmm. general about whatever's happening. That's <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's and that's I feel lucky in that way because I don't think I've earned that. I think that is just maybe just the way I was born. Yeah, maybe and and maybe just the way that you whatever challenges have come your way, the way that you've instinctively dealt with things. Mm has been that. And that sounds to me like kind of the definition of stoicism, which is mm. is almost like a well, for me, take stoicism, things as they come and yeah. and be 
at peace with them, which yeah. sounds quite floaty, but it, it isn't. It's quite grounded. It's just like, mm. in the end, everything's going to be fine, right? So yeah, this will just and, be... and also like I think, like I do, I do think that like something I find really hard to understand. I think a lot of the time is that there's a real um, pessimism. Mm-hmm. In most people, really. <laughs> yeah. And I don't find it harder than to understand in the sense that clearly it's like an evolutionary thing that like if you're walking along the savannah, you should be more sensitive to the danger than you are to something nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see why that like why mm. we're like that. But mm. I feel like we're, we're pretty clever animals and I find it really strange that I don't the way I always think about things anyway is like you know the way like when people complain about like it was a bumpy ride on the plane. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I don't you were flying in the sky. <laughs> Can you believe we've made that? And and or or like or here's an interesting thing is that like if someone's rude to you in the supermarket you'll tell everyone mm-hmm. that night but you won't tell them about the 99 people that weren't rude to you. Yeah. Definitely. And I find that, like, I'm not saying I'm not like that, I am, mm-hmm. but I find that like my whole life is trying to not be like that because I'm, cause it's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would you focus on the one negative thing? That's really pessimistic. And people, people mm. are like, people are always going on about like, oh, the world's fucked. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like Donald Trump as much as anyone, anyone yeah. else does. And I do think he's got serious dangers that we need to work hard to, yeah. you know, but like, I'm also like, we don't have slavery anymore. Like we, yeah, it's we, probably it's, better than it's this. Ever, is the best it's yeah. ever been. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Like by kind of any measure. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even if like there's some real blips happening and stuff, you know, on on a general curve. Yeah, and I find that like, I think that that's that's all really that I feel personally is that I feel quite aware of that day to day in my processing. So when something bad's happening, it's like this is fine. And sometimes yeah. I, fi- I find that I have to tell myself that, even out, out loud. I've just had a baby, and obviously there's like some nights when you're just up and he's crying and you don't know what's wrong with him. And I, all I do is just remind myself, this is, this is completely okay. Yeah. And then it's fine. Then but, I'm like, oh, it's, he's just a baby crying, and, and I just help him. And maybe sometimes I just weather a storm for 20 minutes, and he's yeah. just crying for 20 minutes, you know? Um. I d- again, I, I really like. Don't think this is me saying advice. Almost, I'm not saying like, oh, just do what I do. I, yeah. I, I don't. I think that's really insulting when people assume yeah, yeah, that everyone. I just more mean that that is. <laughs> well, the, and this isn't. You know, I, I say it a lot on here, but it's not. We know nothing. Yeah, yeah. You and I know nothing. Yeah. Every guest that's ever come on here so far knows nothing. Yeah. I did try and get a friend of mine who is a psychotherapist to come on and talk from a slightly more expert position, yeah. but she wasn't comfortable with it and that's fine okay. because it was almost like even then if you paint yourself as an expert in something well it's a bit of a still dangerous kind thing to of do. know nothing yeah yeah that's why it's such an interesting topic to me is because yeah. it's kind of like you said it doesn't exist in a lot of ways but it's something that everyone's striving for yeah um that's why it interests me because yeah, definitely and those three points that you said about like kind of the short term, the short term, the long term, yeah. and I guess what the third one you're really saying, which is where you sit, is like instantaneous. It's like regardless of those, things. like right, yeah. So, yeah. so I actually saw a study. Uh, it was a while ago. Maybe it was a TED talk or something. 
about how people who report being happiest, there's no correlation between what they're doing in their life. Right, okay. There's no, like, richer people are happier, or, mm -hmm. you, you know, people who live here, or what, anything like that. It's just happy people are happy. <laughs> it's, it's as far as they could... I'm yeah. sure, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't cite whether or not how exhaustive that test was. But... Um, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, that... It's about how you process whatever it is that's happening, no matter how good or mm. bad that situation is. And I feel like true happiness probably isn't just that. True happiness probably is a harmony between all three of those points. Right, yeah. So, like... Probably, yeah. You know, like, so... Because obviously, like in my life, in my long, in the long term part of that situation, I've got like my career, I've got my marriage, I've got a child now, I've got like uh, friendships, mm -hmm. I've got hobbies and passions, and all of those things are things that I, you know, do worry about from time to time. I feel like a failure at times. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, so they have the potential to make me really unhappy and I'm always working to make them... If, if I'm earning well in my job, mm. I do feel a bit happier. Right, okay. And I, if I'm doing work that I enjoy, I do feel a bit happier. And mm -hmm. if... So that's like work, you know. And if I've got friendships and I'm seeing people regularly and I feel like they're people I can talk to openly and and share my life with yeah same so all those factors are actually important i wouldn't say like oh, whatever i could live in squalor and be happy it's, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah yeah so and so i don't feel as though my life's i think my life's decent in comparison to probably loads of people's and yeah. like i am happy you know happily married love my wife and like I've, i do a job that i really enjoy doing and um i have interests and you know all that kind of thing and so i'm so I'm pretty fortunate and I'm quite happy because of that. Mm -hmm. But then they, they, yeah. And it's short term. I, I think that's great. That stuff like eating chocolate <laughs> does make you happy for 10 seconds, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people talk about how bad it is, but that's only from the perspective of the long term. Yes, of course. So yeah. you have to kind of go, like, where's the equilibrium? Because, yeah, yeah. because for me, I love, I love like being healthy, right? Mm -hmm. I absolutely, definitely, definitely, I can so notice the difference in my happiness levels when right. I do or don't do those things. And, you know, it's huge. Like I, I, I hurt my knee six weeks ago and yeah. I haven't been able to work out. And I can feel it. Like each week it gets worse. I feel more and more like... I have a st each week that I don't go to the gym I it takes me a shorter amount of time to start thinking negatively. Right, okay. And That's interesting. Allow myself to think negatively as well. I'm more I'm more tolerant of my own like potential like oh, yeah. everything's terrible. Floundering. Yes. And <laughs> and then I went to the gym last night for the first time in a while and was like immediately could feel that like you know there's possibilities i've got options yeah. during or well, once i finished i hated it during because i yeah. hadn't been in a while so it felt horrible does um, it ever feel nice <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't it feels horrible but in a different way eventually mm -hmm. like it hurts but you for some you, you've got like the capacity to hurt yourself in that way okay that, yeah, that yeah. You, you kind of 
are able to do it. Whereas last night I went and it just it literally just really hurt my lungs. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really like, oh my god, this is terrible. Everything felt heavy and I had no energy and stuff. Do you um, do a bunch of aerobic or anaerobic? I mix. I do right, mix. okay, yeah. I um, anaerobic's very new to me. Right, I was always a very aerobic mm-hmm. person, always until about less than two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and my friend got me into uh, weights. So I do that as well. Um, so that's new for me, but it's cool because it really helps everything. You right. know, the more yeah. like stuff I do weight wise, the more strong I feel running and okay um, and stuff. And, and and it's just become like a project that's really fun where you're like trying to beat your weight, your, your right. personal best and stuff. Yeah. Which, that again, again, like on the long-term spectrum of happiness is something that's really important. It's just to like have things you're working on. It doesn't really matter. People like make fun of like... Um, Stuff like that. Like, you know, why are you doing weightlifting? You're never going to make the Olympics. And you're just kind of like, I, I, I'm just quite happy being better than I was last year. Right. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying to improve within its own... Yeah, just going yeah. like, oh, cool, I, I've, I've done something that I didn't do before. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of ties in with your obsession with, like, giving stuff up. Yeah. I suppose. Of, <laughs> or not obsession, but your, uh, your intrigue yeah. in, like, giving a thing up. Yeah. When you just going back to that, like when you've given a thing up, do you find that you want it back? Yeah, because everyone I know that's done like um, dry January yeah. is usually the thing. All they go on about is how February first and how they're going to get fucking destroyed on February first. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think, is that the point? <laughs> I think it, it kind of is because I think you should appreciate it. Okay. That's for me. Yeah. What I always... Because actually, I've always found how... Um, I've actually found an opposite where people halfway through January are like, I might actually keep it going. Mm. And this this is the thing that always... <laughs> I always you know find happier really like people when, when they're like When they're like... Um, they're like, <laughs> it's actually like really boring going to parties and everyone's drunk and you're not. Mm. And, and, and it's always like, did you know that like actually you're really, dr- really boring when you're drunk? Mm. And I'm like... Gotcha. Yeah. But I did Sober October and I was like, I'm being boring. Mm, yeah. Like, I understand that people are like a bit more boring in terms of like, they have like these weird conversations when they're drunk and all that. You're kind of like, I don't, I'm not more interesting when I'm sober though. <laughs> I'm just like, how do quieter. you know? That? I would, I would challenge that and say, well, I, I have, could see myself. I don't think I've ever seen you drunk. So I, I don't, I'm not saying like, I'm really great when I'm drunk. I more mean that, um, I'm, I, the point for me of like, I really enjoy drink within mm. reason. I know fully like it's dangerous. I, I, apparently in my family, there's 18 alcoholics. <laughs> wow. Something like that, that my auntie once calculated. It's been a real big problem in my family. Right. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not, I think it's dangerous. But I think if you're able to use it healthily, yeah. It's really fun because what it does is makes you think about making choices that you might not have otherwise done. Uh-huh. So I found when I did Sober October, I would get to half 10 at night and go, I think I might go home. Yeah. Whereas if I've had a couple of pints, I'm like, oh, should we get one more? But go to the park <laughs> and da 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 da. And it's not all, if you do that every night, then you do, 
it's shit, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite, I quite missed that like, that thing of going. Mm. Oh, there's it kind of you open yourself up to a bit of novelty a bit more mm-hmm. when you've had a couple of pints. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's and, really and so I, I find that like giving it up is good because it makes you then go. Oh, do you know what this Friday I'm gonna have? So I, I try and mm. do that. Actually, it's been really good because it is something that like I've been trying to do less with alcohol because I definitely went through a phase from probably the age of about 25 to 31 mm-hmm. where I was like, I need to cut down on this. <laughs> it's just something I really love, you know. And I've, I can I yeah. can see I could see myself overdoing it in 10 years' time and being like, oh, I've got to quit now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I so I've definitely been trying to like just cut back and. I really enjoy that now going like, oh, when I do it, it's really fun. And I don't That's have good. to do it every, you know, I'd have to do it on a Tuesday night. I can. Yeah. <laughs> or Tuesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But so, yeah. so I do really think that the short term happiness is important. You've got to, because mm. otherwise, because that thing of like when you have no sugar and no alcohol and no, and you, you know, all that stuff and you're really, really healthy, it's great if that's, if that's how you feel. But for me, I'm like, I start really missing those like little bursts of novelty. That's what short term is to me. It's like something's happened just now. A change. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a little whoop. <laughs> and, yeah. and that is enough just to give you a little spring in your step. A little that, bump in the road. Sort yeah. Of. yeah, yeah. It's like a street light, you know, like you can drive in the dark, but it's nice when the street, street light just gives <laughs> you like a little bit of leeway until the next, for the next bit of dark. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay, yeah, I like that. I think, yeah, what I I get the impression, actually I've always felt this with you, is that you seem incredibly at peace with who you are, Um, but also that you're you're definitely not the pessimist that, like you say, a lot of people are. Mm. And I think that's that's quite rare in a way because I think human nature does, like you say, the the one negative comment in the supermarket thing. We do do that massively. Um, it's so hard to not do it. It's really hard. And the thing is, I'm set. I do definitely do it. Yeah. And and I, but it's just something that I really, it really bothers me that I do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've every time I come home and tell Katie, like, oh, this fucking person did this. Mm. I hear myself, and I'm like, what are you? Why are you saying this story? Yeah. Like, what, Don't who, give who, them who any... does this serve? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's making. Telling, reliving it is making you less happy. Mm-hmm. Katie's now angry because she's heard that this person did this thing. Yeah, and it's like who, who's winning? <laughs> Absolutely, pay it no mind. Yeah, I, yeah. It, but it's so much easier said than done. It is definitely. I yeah. think that with the supermarket analogy, which I like, would you feel that? Okay, if ninety nine people ignore you, yeah, one person's horrible to you. Yeah. Okay you're going to focus on the horrible because the ignoring literally was nothing. It was so neutral. There is no comment. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But if one person's horrible and one person is lovely... Yeah. I still don't think you, you do because I, I regularly... Because I live really close to a supermarket, mm-hmm. so I often pop in for like just a milk or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And um, people always let me in front of them when they've got a big shop. Okay. I'd say that one in every two times. Yeah, okay. And I have never told Katie about it. Because <laughs> I <laughs> go, about Thank time you, you and I forget <laughs> about it. Do you know what I mean? I just, right. I, it's just not, and it also, I come in, I, I have never thought of this consciously, but I'm thinking it now. Mm. If I came in and went, do you know what? A woman let me in front of her. Katie would be like, why are you telling me that? And I should feel right. like that about the negative thing. I yeah, think. yeah. Be like, yeah, it's just a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, none of it really makes, makes it's any fi- difference. It's fine. It? I remember like a few months ago, I did a little experiment on 
the drive to the gym from my house, which I do all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I was like, okay, let out every single car that wants to be let out. <laughs> and it was amazing, the difference. Because right. what happened was, I had none of that like road ragey feeling where you, you know, in London especially, you're driving along and someone's going to put, in, in a 15 minute drive, someone's going to push out in front of you when you hadn't let them out. Yeah. Um, someone's going to not let you out. Someone's going to, you know, there's, there's all these things that happen or someone's going to like, you're going to let them out begrudgingly and they took too long and then you missed the green light or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I went, if I make the decision that everyone is allowed out, mm-hmm. then they can't, they've got no power over me. <laughs> and so, wow, yeah. I, yeah and I was so, so happy and I turned up, I got to the gym the same time. Mm. It was the same amount of time because it doesn't really change your day letting someone out. No, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I, I, I mean, I wish I was still doing that. I should, I should remind myself. Maybe I should do it like once a week to try and get in the habit or something. But I, I, it was like, oh my God, you can just choose to let people go out and then they don't mm. annoy you. Yeah. And even if, because what, what I noticed was people were still doing that thing where they try and rob the space. Yeah. And it didn't matter because I was going to let them out anyway. Yeah. So they yeah, hadn't yeah. taken anything from me. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I, yeah, that was something that I, I really learned about myself. I was like, yeah, don't, in the car is such a classic time that everyone gets angry. Yeah, I think because there's that weird anonymity thing that you yeah. feel like you're protected. So therefore everything's heightened in some way. You're, so, you're yeah. protected and also you can't really see their face. Yeah. I think that really helps. When you have a face-to-face interaction with someone, you suddenly see their humanity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you go like, yeah. oh, you're just literally a person who was trying to get through the door. Yeah. Whereas like in a car, you're like, you're a machine trying to yeah, get out in front of Yeah, your car's them. trying to get yeah. in front of my car. It's yeah. Not, uh, yeah, we're disconnected somehow. I think, they, did you ever read that book? God, like it's like 20 years old, I guess. Um, Join Me. Join Me, yeah. Danny yeah, Wallace. Yeah, like, yeah. I absolutely, I know it's a, it a popular book. Yeah. It's not something I've discovered in any way, but like, <laughs> Uh, I read it much later, probably only ten years ago, and uh, was just so like just so overwhelmed with it. I was yeah, like, that is so great, and I never remember it. But like every time someone mentions a story like that, I go, "Yeah, we should do that." Yeah, because after I read it, I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing Good Deed Friday, and I'm, I'm yeah, doing yeah, that. yeah, yeah." And I would do it, and it was just like I would always have the best day. It's so good. It makes you really happy to be nice. It, it really does. Do you, uh, I yeah. guess something I've like really, I've, I guess I've I've always thought this way, is, um, if you go out of your way to just be really like, tell people something really nice about themselves. Mm. Uh, most people are really awkward about it. Yeah. You know that it actually really meant something to them. They're awkward about the communication. They're not awkward about the content of what you said. Yeah, and they will go, you know, because no one knows how to react. But they will go home and go like, "Wow, like, yeah, you just told me that like I'm really good at uh, this, you know, or something like that." Yeah, and yeah. Because I did, I did something um, when we were finishing school. So my school, the sixth form, was attached to the school. So we'd all been together for seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was coming up. There's like a couple of weeks left of school. I suddenly thought, I've spent seven years of my life, at this point, this is more than a third of my life, right? And I was like, I've spent seven years of my life with these people and we're all just going to go and no one's going to mark it. Mm. And so I wrote everyone a letter. It was like 250 people. And I wrote them all a letter saying an individual thing I liked about them. 
That is so nice. And you're just the best. It was, <laughs> it, but it made it did so much good for me. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how fun it was giving everyone letters? Yeah, that that just said a good thing about them. Because yeah. I was, and I knew that like, I think I just really knew at the time I was thinking, people remember this. It's just they'll take it away and go like, someone once said that about me. Yeah. And people, you know, when still now I'll bump into people from school at like Christmas or something, and they'll be like, I've still got your letter. Oh, and it's so it I makes me feel really it. good. Oh, I've done so it like good. a few times when I've like left jobs and stuff yeah. as well. And um, how many of them, be honest, called you a gay lord for doing it? Less than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> less than I thought. <laughs> okay, we didn't go to the same school, but yeah, <laughs> I would not have gone down as well. At mine. But but I I remember thinking everyone would. Yeah, and being like, I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet. And yeah, like, yeah. And like take it's it. like Batman, you know, like I I, I can weather it. Yeah. Um, but actually, it. most people were just like most people were just weird. Yeah. They just be like, oh, okay, weird, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the odd person should be like, thank you so much, and I got one letter back. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a really good thing to do to just really tell people what you like about them. Mm-hmm. Because you don't realise how much no one says it. Yeah. And it goes, it just goes such a long way. Like, if you just say to someone, and, and for you, for yourself, you just feel like, you're like, oh my God, I did something productive today. Like, I... Do you know what I mean? Like I really, I yeah. just made someone just like gave them like a real boost. <laughs> With that in mind, I think you are. Um, I absolutely adore the way you carry yourself, like as a person. How do you mean? You just come across as like someone that, even if, I think the very first time I'd ever met you, I knew who you were. Right. And I was like, oh, this is Steve, and I felt like I could tell you anything. I could. And you would never judge me. You would never think in a negative way about who I was. Yeah. And and for someone who's very socially anxious like me, that's quite a that's quite rare because I often I'd be like, they're gonna they're gonna know I'm a I'm a waste of space. Right. Like, but with you, I remember meeting you the first time, going, oh yeah. And it's funny because Stuart always said. You and Steve need to meet yeah. like, and spend more time because you're like really, really similar and you love yeah. a lot of the same things and stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, as soon as I met you. And also that you are a truly positive person without being like some of the positive people I know, yeah. inverted commas, uh, who aren't really positive. It's definitely like a front of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smile, like a smile. Yeah, I'm smiley and everything's <laughs> yeah. great. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're so sad. I'm so sorry. You <laughs> yeah, see it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so yeah. With that in mind, there's some nice things about thank you. you. Appreciate <laughs> well, that. Well done on that, Steve. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I think uh, that's a, that's a really great thing to have done for those people. And at some point, they'll dig out the letter. Yeah, I hope and so. And be, like, I would even even still just you know, the kind of metaphorical letter that, that, that hopefully they would just, it will have done something for their confidence, mm. at least for some of them, that like perhaps, because you don't realise how much some people have never been told stuff good about oh, yeah. themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, like, um, you really notice it, don't you? Like, when you meet people's families, people's parents, you go, oh, that's really interesting that you grew up around this atmosphere. And it mm. might, it's not like a bad atmosphere, it's just different to your own. And like, um, uh, you know, like, I've noticed, you know, some families, they're just not very um, comfortable talking about emotions. So. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really interesting because that does have an effect where people then, it means that they've kind of never been told, like, 
thing like there's a lot of people who are their parents are so proud of them but they haven't said it mm, God, yeah. you know what i mean and things yeah, like that yeah. and and um what and maybe that's like for me i'm so fortunate my parents are just like so they really i've noticed it since i've had a baby mm-hmm. i've really suddenly realized how good my parents were <laughs> right um you know like how when you're a teenager or something or any any time in your life it's quite easy to think about the things that your parents got wrong yeah um like you could do any better <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and and then suddenly you're like oh my god i think it's just like going through the process of having a baby and like watching my wife go through labor is so intense mm. i was like oh my parents did this for me yeah you wow. know all those sleepless nights they did this to make sure i was okay mm. and and on top of that like you know they're good they're good people and they they were really they've really told me my whole life like that you're you know i've got worth and and like mm. And so that's a big knock-on effect, really, um, to, to your confidence. And do, you, do you take that very positively, 100% positively, and find that you are confident in yourself and have worth? Because I w- am in a very, very fortunate position to have had the same, very similar upbringing. Yeah. Um, me and my brother have always been told how proud they are, yeah. how we've always been like, just we don't deserve the level of support... Yeah emotionally financially uh that we've always got especially because we both went into quote-unquote creative yeah. doing our own thing from 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 scratch as it were yeah that that my mum and dad definitely didn't they were my mum was a teacher and my dad was a lawyer for most of their work yeah life. yeah um so there was a definite path yeah that was quite different to what we did and at no point have we ever felt that we weren't supported in that yeah and i think maybe it's a genetic makeup thing because there's definitely nothing wrong with that it's definitely the right way to do it yeah as parents i think but there's probably a niggling thing that i get of like not having any of i don't have the confidence or Mm self-worth in myself um in a, I don't know why. Yeah, it's almost well, like, well, I don't have it. Maybe it's because I don't need to because they've got it. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. know. I mean, maybe it's interesting. Like, I do. I'm trying to. As you've been saying that, I've been trying to figure how confident I feel. Jerry mm. and I don't know how confident I feel. I felt a lot more confident about. I think. The older I've got, the less confident I feel about my skills. Right. And the more confident I feel about my character. Okay. That's interesting. So when I was 18, I I wouldn't have known this consciously, but I w- probably didn't feel that confident about my character. Mm. But I felt like, oh, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. You know, I'm funny and I'm good at music. and Right. Whereas now I'm like, am I funny? Like, am I good at music, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, And I don't think that's... I don't think it's like massive insecurity. It's being like being a bit real. There are people better than the, than me at those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, whereas um, I'm a bit more comfortable, I suppose, and it's natural when you get older, isn't it? That I'm a bit more like, oh, I'm, I think I'm doing my best. I'm. I want to be a better person, but mm-hmm. I think I'm. I'm. I'm nice. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm a bit more yeah. confident in that. Um, That's really interesting. I'd never thought of it that way. And now I completely, I think I probably completely agree. Really? I think, yeah, I'm trying to sort of think back, like, 
Yeah, maybe as a as a late teen when I decided to start a production company, I thought that I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With not much pushing, like <laughs> yeah, for yeah. about ten minutes, I thought I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the sort of thing that's so hard for like people our age to do, yeah. like, to like stop and go. I'm going to do this because it's really scary because you're suddenly aware that like failure is a real option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you've got responsibility. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, yeah. You know. People you, have you often do... said that about like, oh, he must have been really brave. I was like, no, I probably was just like too confident with it. Almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Whereas now, I don't think I'm very good at anything at all. Yeah, professionally in any way. Um, uh, and then, but yeah, and it's funny. Am I confident in who I am? I was probably less so back then. Yeah, because I tried to do things I fundamentally knew I didn't enjoy yes. in order to fit in more. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now I am fully confident that I will not fit in unless I... And you're okay with that. And I'm good with that. I'm almost like more good with that. I'm, I find it weirdly, not in other people, but I, I kind of think of myself as someone who... Like if I was to go out to a bar yeah. to meet a group of people for drinks and I actually went through and did that and pretended I was enjoying it. Yeah. I'd almost think of myself as such so like so pathetic. Like a sellout. I'd be like, how pathetic are you? Yeah. You don't like that. Right. Whereas like I used to maybe try and do it more. That's Whereas really now fascinating. I've been like, no, I just don't do that. I'm so not going to. <laughs> I think we're both we're both that's oh, really interesting this now. Because we're both talking about the same idea, which is knowing who you are more, right? Mm. And it's it, it's presented itself in the opposite way. So for me, when I was a teenager or like in early 20s, my attempt to, inst- you know, where you were saying like, I go to the bar when I didn't want to. Mm. I was like one of those kids who was like, um, I, I'm an individual. Mm-hmm. And so... I would be like, that was important to my identity to be not one of the group or kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I've got older, I'm actually completely happy with doing things I don't want to do. Right, okay. Because I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's just an evening. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Where, and, yeah. And because, and it's, it's, but it's the same thing as what you're saying because it's obviously... F- it's the context of your life that you have to... Now it feels to me liberating to go, oh, because um, my friend Joel is really fashionable and I, ne- I never have been. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't interest me, but <laughs> but what when I was younger, it didn't interest me in the sense that I wouldn't let myself wear something that looked good. Does that <laughs> okay, make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, well, that would be me being fashionable. I can't do that because that's not who I am. Right. Whereas now Joel, he's always trying to get me to be fashionable and that's not really going to happen because he can't change my character in that way. But <laughs> yeah. he gives me these clothes, that, you know, and I'm always just like, oh, I'll wear them if you give them to me now. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't care because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, actually, it's interesting that, like, then it was more important to be to be not cool. And that's sort of the same as it being important to be cool. Yes. Definitely. You see what I mean? And I think for both of us, what we've done is obviously relaxed. And you've relaxed in a way that you're allowing yourself finally to not say yes to the things that you don't want to do. Yeah. And yeah. I'm allowing myself to not um to to not let them become who I am. Yeah. Um okay. 
because I, I feel like this is this is the thing about my skills. Mm-hmm. Like we we're saying, I'm more comfortable saying that I'm not the best musician in the world because it doesn't change who I am, mm. and it did when I was younger. Okay, um, I, it was important to me to be very good at that, and it's important to me now because I love music and I want to be better at it, and I want to achieve better things with it all the time. So I really want to keep learning to be better, but. It doesn't change who I am. I could lose all my abilities in music now and I wouldn't feel like I'm a worse person. Mm-hmm. Um, and be, I think when you're confident, when, when you're younger or when I was younger, my confidence was based on superficial things. So it was thin mm-hmm. and like, it was even based on like, this is, and I think this is probably normal. Is based on like my tastes and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm the sort of guy who likes this type of music. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't interest me. And when when you that's one of the things that makes it so hard to relate when you do meet a twenty one year old is it can be quite hard to relate because you're like, that isn't I can see that it doesn't matter to me anymore. And it does mm. still matter to you. And I don't wanna belittle that because we've all been there. Yeah. And you also don't want to paint yourself as Past it in past some it way in, in some kind of cool like, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you're still like that, are you? Yeah, yeah. I don't because it's also like it's good. It's a process that you get through. You know, it's mm. good. And also, like, it's really fun when you're exploring who your identity is because you do have to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you are you're trying yeah, to figure definitely. it out and you get there. Uh, but what's interesting is something I've really noticed. We're just I think we're just talking about the cycles of life now. But like I, something I've really noticed is that my. Um, the, the priorities in my life have become less as a consumer and more of, as a producer mm-hmm. in somewhere in the last five or ten years. Mm. Whereas it, do, it, just, it doesn't affect me as greatly now if a film I hate is bad. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't, I used to, like ten years ago, I'd come out of the cinema and ranted about how shit that film was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or the opposite of being like, tried to convince you're wrong because of this and that. And I like, I still enjoy those debates in a kind of fun, superficial way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't actually care. It doesn't <laughs> actually affect me yeah. what I consume. It doesn't say anything about me, really. If I listen to, I was in my car yesterday listening to Backstreet Boys because I just fancied listening to it. Yeah, they're it incredible. That doesn't say anything about me. You know what I mean? It just, it just, all it says is I liked listening to that yesterday. Yeah. And, which, what specifically? Which uh, I want it that way. I mean, it's just a. It's such a good song. song. It's so yeah. well written. Anyone who doesn't think that. And from a from a music musician point of view, it's written by Max Martin, who yeah, is is amazing. Absolutely, he's hands unbelievable. Down. Like, there's no one like Max. The he he wrote that. He's that with. I want it that way. Yeah. Baby, one more time. Yeah. And it's my life yeah. when he was 25. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Son what are you? That that's one of those things where you're just like. I'm never going to be that good. I can't, yeah. I can't be that good when I'm 25 because it's past. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's, that's, oh, what? That's amazing. Yeah. I absolutely love Max Martin. I used to, like, when I first discovered, it would have been 99 when Millennium came out with Backstreet Boys. I was like, yeah. looking through the sleeve notes and going, who's writing like, the ones that are really great? Yeah. Like the hits. Oh, it's Max Martin. Then you look up Max Martin and you go, oh, he's writing all of the hits. Yeah. Of the last of five everything. years, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and because then it was, and that was also when I was getting into composition and working out how you can put and going. <clears throat> not only is he incredible, he's managed to convince the world that writing the exact same song over and over again <laughs> is fine. Yeah, yeah, and 
and we keep giving him money. Yeah. Um, I love, like, this is one of my favourite things. I never managed to remember to put it into a song that I write is the alternate chorus that then plays underneath the chorus when it comes back in for the final chorus. What, so the final chorus is a double chorus and the first half of it is like a new thing. It's like the and same then it words. Becomes or the backing. And yeah, it's yeah. like a sli- like, like in, in Backstreet Boys, it's the... Um, uh, how does it go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that. And, and like, you're right, that is a backing vocal. Uh, Britney Spears Lucky is like yeah, there's a there's a perfect version of that. Yeah. And then suddenly they intertwine and you're like, Oh, this guy It's so smart, isn't it? So smart, but yeah. so simple as well. And it's yeah. not that hard when yeah, you no, know what yeah. you're doing. But it's so great. I, I, yeah, Max Martin, man. He's great. I love Max Martin. He makes me very happy, I must say. Yeah. Um I wanted to come back on two things before I forget, because I do forget, my brain goes off. It's in what we were saying about like learning who you are and sort of being comfortable with that. Mm. The one hiccup, not hiccup to it, but something that I have to remind myself to be better at is part of being in a marriage, which is um, specifically, I think, the socializing thing, which. one day I'll convince Danny to come on and be my guest and we'll probably go over <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, one of the things that I am awful with is that if we, if her friends, for example, our friends invite us out to a birthday party. Yep. So she turned 30 recently mm-hmm. um, or a year ago or so and a lot of sort of her closest friends were turning 30 so there were lots of parties. Yep in lots of bars that make me, I always, during the, the lead up, am in tears because I'm so upset about having to go. Anxious. Yeah, yeah, just like I cannot face it. Right. I hate, especially if I see a mirror, I'm like, oh, like I can't go out like wow. this. This is awful. I'm fine, it's fine. It's just, that is just how it happens. Yeah. Right? And that is quite rightly infuriating to her. Yeah because she also feels the same way. But as she always says to me, you just fake it. And I guess my yeah. my take on it is, I can't, yeah. and why should I? Yeah. Uh, and what I forget to understand is, I should because we're a partnership, we're a team, yeah. and that's what you need me to, to uh, you need me to step up and yeah, show yeah, up yeah. for this. Um, and I am physically unable to do it. Yeah. Um, and we've spoken about like how that's re- that really lets her down. Yeah, that's um, tough, even yeah. though, and you know, she's the first to say, "I wish it didn't," but it yeah. does let me down. And yeah. the reason being is because, and this is like my pet hate, I suppose, is that people don't get that it's okay. I think maybe in years to come we will. Yeah, but for some reason, uh, I talk to my friend Elliot about this a lot because he's very much in the same. Like, we'll go to a birthday party. Uh, and it's like we will gravitate towards each other because we are both in physical pain about having to be there. Right. And we'll sit there and kind of like just try and breathe and try and cope with it. And we look at the time a lot because it's like how much longer is this, are we going to be in this pain, right? And everyone else is dancing and drinking and and (laughs) they're just fine, they're just fine. And we're sitting there like in... in And then people will go, oh, look at those two, they're so grumpy. Yeah. And it's like, we're so not grumpy. We're not grumpy. We are so 
at ease and happy if we weren't here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a horrible thing that you're you're compromising by being there. And yeah. Then you're be essentially like innately everyone's telling you that you didn't compromise enough because you should have been yeah, yeah. in the right spirit. And you're like, well, I, I can't manufacture that. Yeah. All I can do is be here. And it's almost <laughs> as like, well, then you shouldn't have come. And it's like, yeah, but. <laughs> That wouldn't have gone that well. Like, yeah, I should have yeah, come yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was definitely meant to come, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just like that's the one thing that uh, that I find really tricky is if I'm just me, mm. I would just be like, well, I'm never going. Yeah, and I will, I will be completely honest with anyone that invites me. I'm not coming. I don't want to. Yeah, that's nothing personal. I do not want to be there, and I can't be there. Yeah, it's over. We'll do something else. You and me will go for dinner. I'll buy you a steak dinner. Yeah. It'll be great. That'll be fine. But I'm not doing the big social party drinking yeah. thing. Can't do that. Fine. But uh, there's something that you realize when you're like part of, um, and we spoke about this a bit the other, a similar thing the other day, I know, but like when you're part of a marriage yeah. or part of a, a partnership, yeah. there's compromise is a simple way of looking at it in a way, but there is some stuff that you have to go this has to be bigger than just me going, I yeah. am who I am. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're not a team. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally agree um, that the challenge of being a social person, yeah. which humans are, really. Um, yeah, so I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, you You do have to take into account, your, you have to prioritise, you know, I do it all the time. Um, where you, you you don't even realize you're doing it, mm. and people really begrudge doing it sometimes in mar in unhappy marriages. They those become problems, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that like I think it's a real it's a strong thing to be doing to take take yourself outside of yourself a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. you can uh, almost. So this is kind of I guess what I was saying is it's hard to do that, but that's the the more I'm confident I am in myself, the more I, I'm able to just do things do you see what i mean yeah that's where i, I think that's like your stage above me i'm tr that's where i want to get to right the i'm confident in who i am I'm confident that i don't like any of this but i'm confident enough in who i am that i can at least fake it yeah but then at the same in the same way i also have a little bit of me that says why should i have to no i i think i think in i actually think there's so many situations where um, you probably don't have to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, as in, if that person is a really good friend and you mm. are like, I really, really, on paper, want to celebrate their birthday with them mm. and want them to know that I care about them in order to celebrate their birthday, right? There's, I think most circumstances, it would work fine if you rang them up and said, listen you know me, I really, really struggle with this stuff and I don't think I'll actually be fun on the night as much as I would really want to be. Yeah. Could I Could I take you out for dinner instead? Yeah, yeah. I think most people would be like, great. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for your wife, I don't know. I don't know where it lies with that. If she's like, I need you to be there with me, then that's harder if it's one of her friends and she wants you to be part of the group. And that, Yeah. Because this is the other problem is... is it can be hard because I, you know, like integrating with your partner's friends sometimes. If you never turn up to the events, then mm. you never integrate. Do you, do you know what I mean? You're never yeah. part of the group, and so I can kind of see it from that point of view that they, you know, you want them to be part of your whole life. Yeah. 
Um, so I also think that sometimes, like, I am sure that some of her friends that only see us in those situations... Oh, no, but no, sometimes see us in those situations, but then also see us as, like, when we're just a four. They must think I'm schizophrenic in some way. Yeah, yeah. Because the version of me that has to sit, that has to go into a Shoreditch bar where there's, like, a ball pit yeah. and you can't hear people speak and everyone's drunk except yeah. me because I'm driving because I don't like to be without my car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I must be... A, Awful person to be around. And I just think, <laughs> then why did I... Why did I go? Why yeah, am I ruining yeah. it for them? Yeah. I, they'd be so much better off if I wasn't near them, right? But then if it's the four of us and they come around ours and we have a takeaway, yeah. I'm the life of that, yeah, that party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I, I feel like in that moment, I'm like, I feel like I'm a good host. I'm funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm like charming. I'm, I'm, I try my best to like welcome everyone and be really nice and everything. Yeah. Because I'm so comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Because it's controlled and quiet and, like, you know, I can yeah. be honest. And so I suppose part of me wants to get better at being that guy in the other one. Yeah. But then another part of me goes, why the fuck do I have to... Why can't you a waste of energy. stop going out to the stupid bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why yeah. can't you all just go, this isn't fun? Yeah. Because in my brain, I'm going, this definitely isn't fun, so stop pretending it is. <laughs> 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 but I get that that's not... That's not the case. It's yeah, a matter yeah, of yeah. opinion. Um, I also wanted to mention that you have inspired me today mm-hmm. in the... It reminding me of that thing of looking at life through that kind of... Not rose-tinted glasses, but that positive lens of going, where's the good stuff? Mm. And deciding not to say negative things or not yeah. to dwell on negative things. That's so inspirational. And every so often, like people say it in my life. And then I go, oh, yeah. And now, like, genuinely from today onwards, I'm going to really try again to get back in that. You always fall out of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thanks for that. The last time I remember profoundly feeling that way was um, someone who you look a lot like and is um, very special to us both, Steve, and that's Tom DeLonge. Um, (laughs) I do look like Tom DeLonge. (laughs) Uh, when I went to see Angels and Airwaves in 2010, and uh, it was just such a wonderful show. It was so great. It was so, like, magically uplifting through yeah. the music. And he didn't say a single word for about 55 minutes. Yeah. And then spent 15 minutes just talking in the most beautifully pretentious way. Yeah, he talks very large. About... Uh, positivity and right. love and how important love was and I'm standing there like weeping going, yeah. I love everything from now on I yeah, hate yeah. nothing I love everything and like because um, I was in Boston with a friend of mine Ed and then like that night I text Danny who was home and I was like oh it's changed my life seeing angels <laughs> I'm not going to hate anything anymore I love everything <laughs> I'm going to embrace the world and she was like yeah see how long that lasts <laughs> about 10 hours but still yeah that uh, that thing is it just reminded me of that moment where you go actually if you do that if you let the people out in traffic if you yeah, yeah, yeah. look for the good stuff yeah and just be a part of it and yeah, contribute to it and produce for it yeah um, I think that can only be a happier existence. Yeah, and I think for me, the way it works is when I get that inspiration, like you're talking about, 
I I always have to think about it as all right. Someone's filled up like the tank. Yeah. I've now got to like drive. So like, <laughs> I for me the way everything always has to work is like I won't do anything unless I've set up a system. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so like that I'll go like okay every Monday. I'm going to let everyone out in traffic, you know, or something like that. And I, I set up a new thing and I give myself a deadline. I'll be like, I'll mm-hmm. only do it for six weeks and then I'll, and then I'll see if I still like it. Mm. And I, and like, for me, that means I do it. Yeah. Great. And then I notice the change. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just kind of otherwise I'm just not one of those people that can go new year's resolution is to be nicer. Cause I, that's not going to happen. Yeah. My, my, it yeah. will be like, I have to compliment one person every day and you know, it will be like really systematic. Yeah. Being nice was such a bland. Yeah. Broad well, you can't, as I well, feel like it? it's so vague. You can't achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and therefore you can't fail. <laughs> you need specifics. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I, I always kind of set up like a, I, I've always tried to think of like, I don't always manage this, but I always think I want to have one special subject with each friend. Mm-hmm. Because I really, really believe in maintaining social relationships in that, like, it's, it's you know, because we've all got friends that, like, there's no reason that you've fallen out of touch with, just that, like, life got in the way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I always think that, like, in order to not let that happen, because it really, that's something that just to me is, like, really affects my happiness, is how I feel about my friendships. Right, okay. And so, so a system that, I've set up with a lot of people is I know that this person is, so it'll be like, um, I've got one friend who we talk about movies. Mm-hmm. And so because there's new movies coming out all the time, it means it's like, have you seen this? Have you seen that? It means that we have to text each other quite a lot. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. or like, That's I've good. got another friend who like, um, we both like snooker. So, and, and you know, whenever there's a snooker competition, which the big ones is three a year. Yeah, that means three times a year we have a WhatsApp conversation for a week. <laughs> so it's mean we're maintaining that. It yeah, means, it means that we can't go that long without having been in touch. Yeah, or like I've got a really really good friend who he's an amazing drummer, like just my favorite drummer in the whole world. And um, me and him, when we were like eighteen, we always used to call each other musical soulmates because whenever we jammed together, we kind of were always on the same page, and we love jamming together and all that. He moved to Brighton when we were like 21, 22 mm-hmm. and has lived there ever since. And we haven't lived in the same town now for like 13 years. Right. And, um, we set up a project called the birthday plan where on our birthdays, we get together and write and record a song in one day. Oh, I love it. And have done it since 2004. Oh, wow. And, um, and it's so, I'm so happy that we maintain that because he's such an important friend to me. And, I don't know that he we would have fallen out of touch, mm. but it's possible. And and what happens is I see him minimum twice a year, mm-hmm. and hopefully more. And and we get together and we have like a full weekend, really catching up, playing music like we love, and having a laugh. And, Amazing. And we have and then and then on top of that, you get like a vocabulary because we've got a back catalogue of all these songs that we've made yeah. together. And you're like, yeah. oh, I remember that one. It's really great. And we like listen to it and yeah, yeah. talk about it and stuff. And and like yeah, and and so that to me, those I just really love like systems. People yeah. think I think people find them boring, but like I think that they're they help you achieve the things you're trying to achieve. And yeah, like, inspiration is like only as good as the explosion. It's like powerful for ten seconds. Yeah, you know I mean, and then you've got to put. Yeah, the work yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we, I spoke to our dear friend Joel mm-hmm. on a previous podcast about how you in school 
wrote a general studies exam <laughs> where you uh, simply wrote a story and didn't open the paper and still <laughs> yeah. managed to get three marks. And I wanted to pull you up on how do you think you got three marks? I absolutely have no idea. <laughs> so no one's going to know. Spelling? <laughs> they don't maybe, know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was stuff I like that. Of that. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. He spelt this really well. This yeah, story, yeah, yeah. This fucking ridiculous story. <laughs> um, what was the story? Do you remember the story? I have no idea. Wow. I really can't remember it because like, it was all improvised. <laughs> I, I just sat down. It, I was one of the, you know, just one of those very irritating children at school that just didn't apply myself enough, basically. Mm. And, um, and my teachers, I think I just, I was annoying to the teachers. Because Has that hindered you? I haven't had jobs that I needed grades for or anything. I didn't go to university. Um, the way my life has panned out, has, it hasn't hindered me massively. Mm. Um, it's only hindered me in the sense that um, I just love education now. And I feel like I wasted mine. Right, okay. Um, and because I, at the time, I don't know what it was when I was a kid... I didn't know that I liked it. And I mm -hmm. had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was, I moved to England when I was eight from Ireland. Right. And being an Irish kid in the, in the early 90s was not probably as cool as it is now. No, I um, guess it was probably quite... And weirdly, to the, to the pupils, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But it was like the teachers in my primary school had obviously had baggage about Irish people. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, that's the 90s, yeah. So it was late. It was as late as the early 80s when you had shops with no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. It's still, yeah, there's a generation you, yeah. that were, they didn't, I could tell, the dinner ladies, I remember some of the dinner ladies would call me a gypsy and stuff like that. You know, like stuff like that. And I remember just feeling really like a scummy kid or something. Just yeah. a little bit. I'm not saying like I was a big victim. I'm j I just remember feeling like an outsider. Really yeah, weird. definitely. Yeah. And um, and I just really struggled. I'd always been, when we lived in Ireland, I was quite like a good student. Mm -hmm. And the only trouble I would get in would be like getting overexcited and, you know, like uh, being a bit silly or something. But like when I moved to England, I started getting into proper trouble right. at school. And, and like... um. Yeah, my, my mum had to, for a year, had to come in every Friday to visit the headmaster mm. because she, he was like, I can't ring you every time you get sent to my office. So we need to, <laughs> you need to come in on Friday and I'll go through the list of everything that happened Holy this week. Holy shit. And it was like, Jeez. really, it was so bad. <laughs> and um, I feel I sorry it. for like my teachers and my parents and stuff, but I just was, and then in secondary school, I kind of mellowed out a bit and I found good friends and stuff. Yeah. People like Joel. And, uh, yeah. Joel was really good influence. Fuck it, like... Joel convinced me to do A-level maths because we, we loved maths together. Right. Um, it was the only subject that I really liked because we had a good teacher and she just really like helped us understand that it was mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And, um, and Joel was such a good influence because he's like a proper like goody boy, you know. And uh, <laughs> it was great. I'm really glad. Um, and But now I wish I, you know, now I wish I could change that just for the sake of I would have learned more things. I'd have been smarter by now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still strangely hung up about my, certainly my secondary education and, and still strangely, like, angsty about it. it. Turns me into a pretty instant moody teenager about it. Really? Um, st like, even to this day. Uh, and I also have pretty strong feelings about education 
the fact that you didn't apply yourself within the very, very tight constraints of your English education does not mean that you didn't learn anything. Yeah. I've, I have a couple of takes on that, and I think this does tie in strongly with happiness and a sense of like um, mental well-being probably yeah. uh, for teenagers, which I think is super important, is that certainly from my experience in the school I went to, it was a school that very much had, it worked very much for the kids that it worked for. Right. And the thing is, that was 90% of the kids there. It was yeah. selective. It wasn't a private school, but it was selective education. Is and that gave them, yeah. Right. I think it gave the school a sense of they could kind of make themselves appear a bit like a private school would be. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it had an air of importance. It had like the blazers and the ties and yeah. it had it just had that kind of thing. It meant that every other school kid in the area that wasn't at those schools hated you, wanted you dead, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it it sort of it it caused a separation. It's yeah. I'm sure it still does in this area where we still have like grammar schools and stuff. Yeah. Um and for the 90% that went there, it was like great this suits them perfectly it really suited the way they learn the way they wanted to learn the things they would go on to in life the university courses they would do and then for a few of us it did not and therefore we were not taught well yes because it didn't suit us yeah and i think when you you know the story thing that you did in general studies really i loved that story because (laughs) i was like yeah that's what that's basically the same shit I would do yeah. all the time in A-levels. I, I, my, my main... When I would go into school in the morning, I'd sit on the bus and go, right, which lessons can I get kicked out of today and how funny can it be for yeah, everyone yeah, else? Yeah. I spoke with Joel about this as well. I would like... I'd do... If I knew I had like philosophy yeah. straight after lunch, I would neck five Red Bulls because I knew that <laughs> being that sharp, I would be funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could come up with something so great that i that would get me kicked out and it'd be worth it that was the whole plan um in it which i failed at a level partly because i was removed from the course right um Did they have I, the, like, deleted from the course i was literally yeah control on, yeah <laughs> um instead of doing any of the work i would zone out and do like free association writing i would just put my hands on the keys and then write like <laughs> violent um horror stories about right. people like mutilating themselves <laughs> uh and then one day my teacher walked up quietly behind me and i didn't notice and i was just sitting there just just not doing any work just writing this bizarre story about a guy who cut his own legs up like they were ham <laughs> and it was like it was just like just complete freedom of like it's not what I thought. It was just sort of subconscious, yeah, 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 angry yeah, nonsense. Yeah. And the teacher leant forward and went, "Excuse me, Control P, printed it, and sent it straight home to my parents." Oh my god! And uh, wasn't great. <laughs> and then kicked me out off off the course basically. Yeah. Um, but all of this stuff. To cut a long story short, <laughs> all of this stuff um, is stuff that genuinely gave me education. 
Of some kind. Of some kind. Yeah, And yeah, the yeah. stuff that is on the curriculum, yeah. I do not believe is of ed- any educational worth in school. None <laughs> of the stuff on the curriculum? I can't think, I can't pinpoint any. And I remember a lot, but I can't pinpoint anything that I learned in primary or secondary education that is worth anything to my job, my like, life. Like maths, my- right? Counting and... I've got a calculator. It's on my phone. Mm, you still need maths to know how to use a calculator. Do I? You do. If I turn it sideways and it becomes a scientific one, I would. No, but even <laughs> even the basics of understanding when to... When you're in music, I mean, all the time. I was thinking this on my way here today. Mm. I was thinking... Um, I was imagining, I was trying to write a song in my head, right? Where the drum beat's like one, two, three, four, one, right? And then some instrument is playing, over those four beats, is playing five equal notes. Mm -hmm. So it's like one, two, three, four, hang on. Like that, but evenly spaced. And then if the drums then synced with that, so it was a new tempo, Nice. That makes sense. It would be yeah, like, and it would change tempo. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what would the tempo change? I was like, what are you, porcupine tree all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, I know. Getting pretty frog here. But I was like thinking then, I was like, well, what you would have to do is say you were at 120 BPM, you divide that by four and then times it by five, so you'd have to move up to 150 BPM. And then that's to even know how to go about solving that problem. Yeah is to understand the basics of mathematics that you learn at school. Okay, I'll concede. I will concede that. <laughs> That's probably a primary education thing. Okay, I will concede there's some primary education that was worth it. Yeah. There wasn't anything in secondary. I can't, that, that can't be the that, case. That meant anything. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. This gets me onto a big thing that I find is like re- really stresses me out to the point of like it. it concerns me about procreating right that especially in this country it is now illegal to take your children out of school outside of school holidays right to go on holiday right but it is for many 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 families financially impossible to go on holiday during the school holidays yeah so effectively that is a the, an attack on the working class, the way I see it. The result is, yeah. The result, there's, it results in an attack on the working class that yeah. says, your education is, is poorer. Because what you're saying is, I truly believe that if you take your kids to anywhere in the world for a week outside of their normal routine, even if they go to Spain, they lay on a beach where everyone's speaking English yeah. for a week and they don't get any sort of traditionally cultural input, Yeah, they will learn more in that week than they would in school. I guarantee that. Okay. I'm going to guarantee you How that. do you guarantee that? I'm just going to. Okay. <laughs> right. um, and also I'm backed up because my mum is an educator and she truly agrees with me. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna just... I gen- fundamentally believe that there's nothing they would miss in that week right. that they didn't make up for in life. Right just some life and to and to say to the poorer family because basically what it says is if you're a richer family either you can afford to go during the summer holidays and it won't Mm. affect you or 
you can run the risk of taking them outside of school and you'll be fined and they'll just pay the That's fine. That's okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine too. So if you're rich, doesn't matter. We'll just do exactly what we want, right? Yeah. But if you're a poor family, it's basically saying you're going to stay put and your kids are going to stay in school and yeah. they're going to do this. And that really concerns me about having children even to the point of like, well, okay. I am not doing that. Yeah, They are going away. And partly because of my own experience of like, I was very lucky to have a lot of holidays when, yeah, I, was, yeah. when I was younger. Um, they were always during the holidays because my parents yeah. were in education. Um, they had to be. But everything that I feel like I've learned in to sort of be a person came from stuff like that. Yeah. Like genuine family time on holiday I mean, or, I even, do, or yeah. even at home, just like weekends. Nothing I feel like I've learned in life came from do being you, in a school. Do you think family time? Are you talking... Are you... What do you value there? Is it the family time or is it the cultural the cultural experience of travelling? I think both. both. I think... I think I was... Again, I was lucky. I had books in my house growing up. Yeah. I had pretty educated parents. My brother is ridiculously smart and I felt right. like he enjoyed imparting knowledge to a yeah, younger yeah. brother. So I was very lucky in that sense. A lot of families are not. But the the experience of culturally of traveling places of like you know i could speak a fair bit of french before yeah, yeah. i went to school right. i went to france all the time um but then when i had to learn french in school i was no good at it because it was so poorly taught to me right okay yeah yeah um so you know the stuff that i might have worked out in 6 weeks of french lessons at school i could get in 4 days being yeah, in france yeah yeah by just soaking it up and surrounding and maybe that's just me maybe that's my learning style whatever yeah, but yeah, i do yeah. think that that blanket rule is is detrimental to yeah i mean i, I definitely think that education is a really broad thing in that like like you like for me some of the best things that i can cite for having developed me as a person mm. are like travel based experiences yeah um and probably more than that you know like i've playing in bands and stuff was really good yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I grew up going to church and played music at the front. Our church would have several hundred people in it and I'd play oh. bass from the age of 11. Did you go to church in Texas? Pretty much. It was That's very happy clappy. Like an evangelical... Like, like people speaking in tongues and falling oh, over and stuff. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I keep learning such great stuff That's about like a whole life. other subject. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but one thing that I take away from that that was definitely a big positive is playing bass in front of all those people with a different set of musicians every week. Mm -hmm. um, every week from the age of 11 um, was great. Great for my development. Yeah. As, as it, Just in terms of confidence, getting up and doing that. Yeah. And then also just as a musician. And being part of a collective which changed a lot. So yeah. You must have loads of good social skills that would have come out from that. And yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was like really good for, you know, just learning to work with others and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a great bit in Tom Allen's live show mm -hmm. that, uh, where he talks about um, all of the all the time you spent on like Sokatoa and, yeah, yeah. and working out the, the right angles of a triangle and stuff and all the stuff she had in your math set, like a compass that, yeah. you, that you'd never, ever touch. And like, would it not have been a good idea to do just one morning 
on how to do a tax return. I mean, definitely. <laughs> Stuff like that. It just makes um, me just go, why is this still not happening? It's such a thing we all should have learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm self-employed, so definitely wish. Yeah, exactly. I wish I, I still, I'm like, am I getting this right? Yeah. <laughs> like, how to consult with a mortgage broker. <laughs> mate, Stuff like that. Just give me like... I also, um, I found that like, the fir- so we've, yeah, the first time we got a mortgage, I was like, this is it. This is where I'm going to get found out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, this is yeah. it. Like, I, I don't know how to be a self employed. I've done something wrong. I'm going to go yeah. to prison. And the mortgage brokers are going to be like, were you, did you think this was okay? Yeah. But actually, they all, they all were like, yeah, all looks good. And I was like, the relief. Yeah. It yeah. was like, oh, cool. And maybe I'm doing it all right. I'm doing yeah. the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Man, but, like, but by fluke, not by education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you, uh, yeah, it's starting to go dark, so I think yes. we should start to wrap up, definitely. Um, you've mentioned already that you, you had a baby child quite recently. I did. And that um, you said to me previously that you you felt like, in a, almost in an instant, a fundamental shift in your outlook on life. Yeah. Like this this overwhelming... It's so overwhelming, the, the feeling. Right. It's uh, It's weird. I feel like I could feel chemicals in my brain. <laughs> wow. It's really weird. I was like, yeah. if something's... I just kept crying. Wow. And I like really don't cry much. Mm. Um, I'm like the opposite. You cry a lot, don't you? I love crying, yeah. I I, um, crying I would love to. Right I'm, it's, it's not like a manly, like, I don't cry. It's just, it's just like, it doesn't... It's not the reaction I feel to things. Right. And um, the moment he was born, this, you know, labor can be... It's such an intense thing to witness. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot more intense than I realised, <laughs> and I, uh, and and ours was particularly intense. I think because um, he got stuck in Katie's pelvis. Oh man! So she was she was in the end stages of labour for like nine hours or something. Um, really tough going. It's hard to watch someone you love like in that kind of pain. When you uh, say stuff like that to Katie, does she go, "Yeah, try doing it, mate"? She's she's. <laughs> You, Katie's so funny. She like during her labour because I'd hurt my knee the day before. <laughs> she was like, be like she like finish a contraction, but ah, ah, Steve, how's your knee doing? <gasps> oh my god! And and like and every now and again she'd be like, "Have you eaten? I don't think you've eaten in a while. Come on, make sure." Oh you get my some. god! I was like, "Katie, hey, just stop." <laughs> like, yeah, stop just, you do you, this. mate. Yeah. yeah. So she <laughs> she keeps being like, now she keeps being like, "Are you okay? It must have been really hard for you." And I'm like, Katie. Wow. What are you talking about? Uh, It was was traumatic for you in a whole other, you know, such a more... Oh, she's lovely. Isn't that a lovely thing to do? She's very nice. She's very empathetic. Um, (laughs) She, um, but yeah, it was um, the relief when it's finished Mm -hmm. is so, and also like the way she had to get a lot of, it it kind of became a bit of an emergency at the end. And so they had to kind of help him out. And um, once he was out, it was like, Oh my god, it's he it's happened. He's here finally. It fe- you know, it feels like an eternity and he's finally there. And I just couldn't stop crying. Probably a lot to do with relief and the overwhelmingness of that day that yeah, just passed. Yeah, of course, yeah. But also just like this is him. Here he is. This is my son. Yeah. Um I still I really remember the you know, you know that it's always like you can see the head first. Yeah. The first sort of feature I saw was his ear. Right. And that is like burnt into my retinas it feels. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like I can just yeah. see his ear like I was like that's the first the head is kind of just a big round thing, mm. but like seeing an ear, a fully formed ear, yeah, it was just like really overwhelming to see it. And he was fine. I, 
you just think after all that like trauma <laughs> so it can't possibly work out fine and he just came out and he was fine he's just there and i was mm-hmm. holding him and i was just crying my eyes out for 10 minutes it's so intense and so, yeah i um i've really enjoyed it it's been really he's six weeks old now and mm. i love it yeah i love him he's great great um well i mentioned to you before that uh so steve on facebook it wasn't facebook it was yeah facebook, it was facebook yeah. you you wrote just the most like I, oh, I don't even know the right word it's just the, just beautiful i guess lovely poem that summed up your feelings which like you don't you don't post on facebook a lot so i guess no. a lot of people are like wow steve i didn't know, you know it, yeah. it just sort of came out of nowhere it, it was it wasn't something i wasn't I um it was it was in it was about the second day I think he was alive. Mm. The the I've never written a poem before really, other than maybe <laughs> when they make you do it in school. Yeah, I, yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I uh, it's not something I ever even thought I had a drive to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I uh, I just was sat there with him, and the feeling was so I was like I can't believe I'm you just got all this. You're thinking about his whole life. You know what I mean? I'm looking at him, going, "What are you going to be? What are you? What music are you going to like? What are you? You, you know, you know what I mean? You said, and that that mm. the narrative of someone's entire life story is yet to be played out, and you're looking at him with all this potential, and and you're also thinking about my whole life. This is now this huge chapter in my story that mm. I, you're part of my story now, and right. and I, it, it felt like there was so much going on in my head, and I couldn't fe- I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And, and so I was like, I need to, so I just like got my computer and he was asleep on me and I was just writing. <laughs> I was just like, I need to just get it down on paper so that I know, I know I can understand what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I find it very hard to feel things that I don't understand what they are. So okay. I, so, so I find it easier to just write them down. And, and then, but then it just started forming into a poem naturally for some reason for me. Right. Um, I guess because that ties into a lot of what you've said on this is that you need to have the mechanics, you need to have the structure in place yeah. for it to make sense. Yeah, and a poem has a structure. Yeah, a structure. Yeah. You can decide relatively what that structure is, but yeah. if it was just freeform prose, yeah. it doesn't necessarily. Have, have I wouldn't have felt end. as though I'd I'd, I'd yeah. made sense of it if I'd done it freeform. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. So that must be. You're right. That probably is the reason that I went that direction was because I was like trying to force some structure into my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I, I did it, and I was really embarrassed, actually. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm writing a poem about my son. You know I mean? um, and I... Uh, yeah, I'm not this guy. Yeah, I just was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, this is so like, yeah. so kind of cheesy. Um, and my wife came in, she was having a nap, and she came in and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, this is really embarrassing. I showed her, I was like, look, I've written a poem. Yeah. I, I was like laughing at myself. And she read it and like cried, and she was just like, would you do me a favour and post that? Because I think like my family would love to read that. Right, so, okay. And I was like, fine. And I, I was a bit like embarrassed to do it actually. But um, I'm glad, I'm really glad I did because just loads of people sent me messages about it and mm. and really it makes you kind of go like, it's that thing of like, you. same with like writing people letters. It's that thing of going, put yourself out there because the worst you can do is be embarrassed and that's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really absolutely. glad I did it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I remember reading it and just thinking that is just like, Stunning, and again, never in a sort of never in a schmaltzy way. Just going, yeah, great, good for <laughs> you, man. Uh, it's a lovely poem. It's beautiful, and thank you very much for sharing it with us in the world. And thank you for sharing your thoughts today on if you're happy. Thanks for having me. Do you great. know it? 
I love you very much. I'm so glad that we're getting to spend more time together mm. and doing some work together. Yeah. It's fabulous. Thank you very much. My beautiful son, my brand new addition, today marks the start of your ultimate mission. The world is a fountain that never stops giving, so grab a big cup, go and get living. Maybe you'll grow to be lanky and tall, maybe you'll find that you'd rather be small. To fit into beds all snug and sweet, I won't have a problem with airplane seats. Maybe you're gifted at something specific, or you're a good friend which is far more terrific. Listening to those who need to be heard, or funny and witty, a wordsmith of words. Knowledge is worthy of all your appliance, language and maths and arts and science. The music and stories will sum up your pain, and that's a good thing. It's hard to explain. Maybe you'll travel and see all the sights, sleep through the days and dance through the nights. The thing that I've learned from the places I've been, our beautiful planet demands to be seen. Some people might tell you it's scary out there. Lock all your doors, stay home, beware. Don't listen to cowards, ignore them instead. The scary's not out there, it lives in their heads. Maybe you're brave and maybe you're strong. Maybe you'll learn to admit when you're wrong. It feels good pretending you know what's what, but stick to your guns and you always get shot. You'll break some hearts and yours will get broken. Maybe you'll recover and prize it back open. I certainly hope so because without exception, there's nothing more special than human connection. Maybe you'll one day you'll hold a woman's hand and through pushes and screams you'll finally understand the things that your mother was made to endure to bring you back home safe and secure. I'm not that old, but I've been around the block. I've been on adventures. I've taken some knocks. Of all of the rubble I've had to dig through, I'm glad of it now because it brought me to you. So maybe you'll spend too much time in bars and maybe you'll man the first mission to Mars. But all I can promise when push comes to shove is maybe you'll know just how deeply you're loved. <laughs>